0: Sunday night football consisted of fighting. It also consisted of a bunch of injuries. I mean, there is a lot going on. I mean, it just keeps getting interesting from week to week, and we're going to cover it on this day of voting. Hey, everyone. My name is Ashley Gibbs, and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right. Here we discuss everything NFL football related from the player's to the game, to the injuries, to even the contracts. So sit back, listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game. And let's dive into this conversation and get started. You know, I really hate to when I have to get into season three of Not Travis Cheerleader and I have to redo the intro. That took me two hours to do. <laughs> I know you all are like, you don't know how to use GarageBand. No, I don't. And let me tell you, there's not enough YouTube videos in the world to help you with that. But let's go ahead and get started and talk actually about football. But first things first, today is, of course, as you know, November 3rd. Today is voting day. I hope you get out and do your civic duty. I hope you get out and exercise your voice and vote if you live in the United States and you're listening to this. Of course, as you know, I voted. I got up super early and I voted. And there was really no line when I got there. I was just like, oh, in and out. I did have the older people look at me like, this young girl is here early. And I actually took my time, you know, in the state of Virginia, it was more than just, of course, the presidential candidates. It was, we had some senatorial candidates. We had um, some legislations that were on the ballots. And, you know, every time, this is a big military town. So every time I look at those legislation pieces, I think of like, you know, my family, you know, my father who served in the military. So really consider those things when you get ready to go vote. And let's go ahead and jump into the day with episode seven, with this episode being brought to you by the coffee that is in my cup. I went to Dunkin' Donuts after I voted, got my caramel swirl iced coffee. It is so good. Does anybody else like drink a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and they just have that first sip and they're just like, wow. And it's iced coffee. Let me be very specific. And they're just like, wow, you just like let it all go down, and you're just like, wow, that hit the spot. So um, I just had to give you that heads up because that's how I like to start my mornings. Cause you guys know you've been with me for over a season and a half. You know how I feel about iced coffee. So if you ever wanted to get me a holiday gift, iced coffee is definitely at the top of that list. But there was so much on Sunday night football. I went to my parents' house to finish watching a game because they have the bigger TV and red zone, by the way. And let me tell you, let's first get into our quick-fire topics. The Saints versus the Bears, 26-23. to 23. That game went into overtime. It was kind of off and on going there with Drew Brees as the QB for the Saints, of course. Hill, number seven, substituted in when Drew Brees was taken out. I've noticed that pattern. When they need to run the ball, they put the backup QB, Hill, in there. And then when they need to throw it, they put Drew Brees back in there. There's been a lot of questions around, you know, Drew Brees' status as far as how he's doing. They just noticed it just seems like it takes more effort for him to throw the ball than it used to. But to be fair, he's the same age, around the same age as Tom Brady. So that could be a contributing factor. But that's not why this is a quick fire topic. This game is a quick fire topic because the Bears player, Javon Wims, sucker punched, yes, You heard that correctly. Sucker punched one of the Saints players, and it got ejected from the game. Okay, so here's what happened. On the field, play just happened. Kind of everything stopped for a second. Wims goes over to one of the Saints players. I think it was one of their um, DBs, if I'm not mistaken, and just taps him like on the chest or the shoulder, I couldn't tell, and just basically sucker punched him, like helmet punched him across the face, clocked him. And, like, you should have saw the other player's reaction was, like, really, bro? Did you just hit me? And then he hits him again. And then all of a sudden, like, the fighting ensued. The team started going at each other. But, yeah, he got ejected from the game. He suspended for two games without pay for punching the DB player for the Saints in the face. I mean... I don't even, I I really think he's about that life, you guys. He is about that life. And to be fair, this all started because two other players, one from the Saints, of course, and one from the Bears, they were giving words back and forth. And one of the players put their finger in the other player's face, like in his helmet, and then they kind of separated and walked away. And I guess that's when Wims kind of jumped in. But he admitted that one of the players spit in his face, and that's why he went back and punched him across the face. I don't know the whole story. It's not like the camera caught every single angle, but watching it live on national television was just like, my face, my jaw dropped. I looked at my sister my sister looked at my mom. My mom looked at my dad and we all looked at each other and we're just like, did he literally just punch him across the face? He punched him, he clocked him, clear as day. I mean, he is about that life, okay. I'm not even gonna argue with that one, but that is your quick fire topic. If you get a chance, go to YouTube, Look up the video. It is Javon Wims gets ejected from the game. You could type whatever you want, Javon Wims fights or punches, whatever, and it's going to come up and you're going to see it. You're going to be like, whoa, and that's what's going on. So moving on to some week eight game results, we're going to look at the Cowboys versus the Eagles. Everybody wrote the Cowboys off when Dak Prescott got his serious injury, Andy Dalton got injured, and now we're in there with uh, Danucci. I hope I said his name right. His name is very interesting at that. But they did um they did lose almost um, 23 to 9. But to be fair, the Cowboys defense in that game showed life. Like i mean, at that, there was moments where they were showing that they could come back in this game. Of course, as you know, my sister's a big Cowboys fan, so she was like, We could possibly win this. And I was like, No, you're not gonna win this. As bad as Carson Wentz is, you're not gonna win this game. He's overrated, and he does too much on the field. Does anybody else feel like Wentz does a lot on the field? I get it. These Eagles fans, they are the most dedicated fans. They hype up their team and their quarterback, but listen, listen. Wentz is overrated. He does way too much on the field during moments and times where it doesn't even need to be done. He's that person that you want to be like, you're adding too much seasoning to the food. Like, It's not even that you are not using enough seasoning. You're adding way too much, and we're all not trying to get high blood pressure. I feel like that's how we feel about Carson Wentz when he plays. If he just stuck to the calls of the plays instead of trying to do so much extraness on the field maybe he could perform better but he's overrated and to be fair if the cowboys honestly had a good system in play good coaching maybe they could have you know closed that gap a little bit more but they did show signs of life in that defense and that's what's most important i know last episode i was like they're not working as a team and you could tell but now i guess they're starting to actually care so that that's really what's most important cuz they were just listen everybody's writing the cowboys off they're like they're not even going to pay attention this season But the Bills versus the Patriots, that's the game that we're all talking about because it raises the question of whether the Patriots are done. I mean, they lost that game 24 to 21 due to a fumble by Cam Newton. And to be fair, they were asking questions of whether the loss of that game is all on Cam Newton. I'm going to say this. Cam Newton fumbled the ball. He's going to blame himself because that could have been the difference between a first down, that could have been the difference between winning the game. We've learned in football that one play, one move, one penalty, one drop, one interception can cost you the entire game. The entire game. And I will say right now, right now they're the third worst team in the AFC East compared to the Jets, which no one really counts anymore. They don't even know why they're still playing or part of the league. So to be fair... I'm going to say for this season, the Patriots are they're done. I hate to say it. Julian Edelman is out on his injury. The precautionary knee surgery. That's the most weird. That's the oddest language I ever heard. I'm not a medical you know, student or doctor, but I've never heard a precautionary knee surgery. If anyone out there in the medical profession can explain to me what that is, I am all ears. Catch me on social media. Message me. Precautionary knee surgery for Julie Edelman. No one knows what that is. So we're gonna move on to basically saying that the Patriots are written off. We're not shocked that the Bills beat them. They were projected to win that game. Really mess with my fantasy football. Uh, I did all right, but it is what it is. Steelers versus the Rams, twenty-eight to four. That was like. That game, can I just say this? So a long time ago, back when I was at Hampton University student there, I was a freshman. I originally was a Steelers fan. I know, give me a second. I'm going to explain myself. I was a Steelers fan because I walked, I went over my friend's house. They are all like, you know, broadcast journalism, sports, all that stuff. And they're like, if you're going to hang out here, you need to pick a team. And I just looked at whoever was on the screen. I saw black and yellow and I was like, ooh, Steelers. Now, There was a lot of back and forth around Roethlisberger, whether he was going to stay with the franchise, whatever, whatever. And I just quit the Steelers. I was like, I'm done. And then I transitioned over to the 49ers, and I've been with them for the last 10 years. So it just shows you, like, you can make one switch, give or take, especially if you didn't choose that team, like, with all, like, mindset in order. Like, I feel like I was pressured to choose the Steelers. I don't regret that decision despite the fact that they're winning now. They need to lose one game before they get to the playoffs. Otherwise, the game they're going to lose is going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be knocked out, which will suck for them. But – To be very fair, the question is arising whether Lamar can actually close. I mean, look at it. He's showing signs of struggles in big games and is showing that right now his pass accuracy is not that great, which probably explains why he runs the ball so much. I mean, Andrews was down in the end zone. They're tight and he threw him the ball. Granted, that should have been a flag. Should have been a flag. Like me and my sister were yelling at the screen. That should have been a flag the way they pass interference six ways from Sunday. But they didn't call it game over, Steelers won. But to be fair, I question Lamar Jackson's ability to have really good pass accuracy. Is he one of those players that all he can do is the quick short passes and run the ball himself? Or is he one of those in those clutch moments can really rely on his pass accuracy to be able to make big plays? And to be very fair, this was the game to showcase that and he failed to do it. So that, that that really raises the question about Lamar Jackson, and people are like, well, is he overrated? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's a good QB, but there are some questions there about one of the most important aspects of being a quarterback, and that's being able to throw the ball with some high accuracy. I think his accuracy was around, what, 59% or less? It was not that great. So that game right there, the Steelers, not the, yeah, I was right. The Steelers really took it home. They are undefeated right now. They're the only team left in the league that's undefeated, Even Kansas City took an L. They need to go ahead and take their L. They need to be humbled right quick, but we'll see. And then the Packers versus the Vikings. I know what you guys are going to say. Yeah, the Packers won, Ashley. They did not. They did not win. The Vikings won. Yeah, you heard that right. 22 to 28. Vikings beat the Packers by six points and the question now is whether Aaron Rodgers is in trouble. I saw Aaron Rodgers fumble the ball. I saw him, you know, spike it. I saw him do all kinds of things with the ball except pass it and put it in someone else's hands. That was kind of savage. But listen. We are moving towards playoff time and Aaron Rodgers was in the MVP conversation. He still kind of is, but we're all asking the question of whether he's starting to choke now. Like, at the end of the day, they should not have lost to the Vikings. The Vikings' ratings was terrible going into that game. And honestly, you can let these smaller teams that don't have good wins, like, have high loss numbers, you can definitely, definitely make it so they can beat you if you start making a crap ton of mistakes, Aaron Rodgers. And that's exactly what happened in that game. So, yes, he is in trouble. He needs to get himself together, and he needs to reevaluate his weapons and get with a better play strategy, That's just my two cents, whatever that's worth. And then when you transition to the 49ers versus the Seahawks, y'all know I'm 49ers faithful 100%. Let me tell y'all what happened. Because we lost 27-37. to Now, I know that doesn't sound bad. That's 10 points. But let's take a look at this. We were plagued by injuries. Jimmy G and George Kittle both taken out. They're saying now George Kittle broke his foot. Jimmy G has a high ankle, sprain, injury, fracture, whatever it may be. They may be placed on IR. That's how bad it is. And the backup QB, Mullins, went in. He had 18 of 25 passes, 238 yards, and two touchdowns. So let me get this straight. Our backup QB goes in there and closes the gap. Mind you, it was like 30, I think it was 30 to like seven. And then backup QB goes in there and gets us basically almost three extra touchdowns. If Listen to me, listen to me, 49ers coaching staff. If you can hear this, do not bench him. His accuracy is crazy. He was finding Bourne. He was finding our two wide receivers. He was, we had to rely on a passing game because the Seahawks were stopping our running game. And then on top of that, I was like, why is that guy on the bench? He needs to be in. I keep saying this as much as I feel like Jimmy G is a great person. The question is whether he's it for the 49ers. Is this our quarterback moving forward in the seasons to come? And right now, some fans are like, yeah, Jimmy G all the way. And then some of us fans are like, "Nah, he's not. And there's going to be some questions about trades. There's going to be some questions about is he worth the $100 million that we're paying him? These are important questions that right now I can't 100% answer. But let me tell you something. If we keep Mullins in there, we might be able to resuscitate this dying team with injuries right now. Because let me tell you all this. I saw this on Twitter. It was really funny. And it said that with Jimmy G and George Kittle on IR, they go on IR, the 49 ers will have $80 million on IR, $80 million. With a salary cap of 202 million, nearly 40% of our salary cap is on the IR list. We need to reevaluate some things. We need to take a look at some things. That's a lot of money, lots and lots of money. That is a crap ton of money sitting on the bench because they're injured. We got to do something. But 100%, like... The interceptions and all that got to go. Now the Seahawks played a very good game. Russell Wilson definitely at the top of the MVP conversation. But on top of that, DK Metcalf, this guy, I don't know what they're feeding him. Is he eating his Wheaties? That wide receiver, you can't stop him. You cannot stop him. If (laughs) I'm telling you right now, that dynamic duo, Wilson and Metcalf, yo, listen, that dynamic duo is crazy ridiculous. I, I can't even explain that guy. I mean, he just, he's, uh, it's crazy to know he was not like in the top five draft round picks. He was like drafted mad late and people underestimated him. And I mean, when he took his helmet off, the, the you know, dyed hair and the ear, I said, go ahead, boo, go ahead. You better sport your wins, sport your emotions, sport it all because you can do it because you are a force to be reckoned with Give him the credit he deserves as a wide receiver. He is now listed as probably the top wide receiver in the league right now. Y'all better stop underestimating that, man. That's the You heard it here first. So with all that going on, all the week eight results for some of the top games, the fights that were happening, because even in the Seahawks and 49ers game, there was a few fights that set off with one of the defensive players hit Russell Wilson when he was sliding with the ball. And I mean, the Seahawks almost fought the 49ers. To be fair, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was just trying to hold him down. But from the angle of the camera, it looks like he almost hit him around his neck, which they're trying to be careful about. But let's make some predictions. First prediction I'm going to make, I'm going to call this Ashley's predictions. Yes, Ashley's pom-pom predictions. Yes, that's better. This is Ashley's pom-pom predictions about the four teams that I think are going to be the last ones in the playoffs. I know you're all like, who's going to playoffs? Hell, almost everybody can go to the playoffs, to be honest with you. And some people going to make it that shouldn't even be there. But I'm going to make the last four team predictions. And here we go. I predict, Ashley's pom-pom predictions, that the last four remaining teams in a playoffs to decide who's going to go to the Super Bowl, it is going to be the Buccaneers. It's going to be the Steelers, it's going to be the Seahawks, and it's going to be Kansas City. Those are my four people. My four team predictions. We'll see if I'm going to be right. I never say who's going to be facing off against whom. I didn't do all of that. I just said the four teams that are going to be last man standing, These two, these four games or these two games matter so much because it's going to determine who's going to the Super Bowl. So that is my two cents. That's episode seven of Not Your Ever Thank you so much for staying with me. Thank you so much for all the amazing downloads in just 24 hours to all my listeners overseas and other countries. I appreciate every last one of you. Again, if you're in the United States listening to this, go out and vote. Most polls don't close until six o'clock. Get in line before then. Go be part of the decision-making process. We appreciate you here at Not Your Average Cheerleader. Until next time, bye.